0: Content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayerofcontent.com.
1: Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies.
0: Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulusitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi six-figure product-based business.
1: In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel
0: and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my really helpful co-host, Mina kunlo Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Did you see what I did there? Mm, kind of? <laughs> well, the episode is help. I feel like I'm drowning and I'm the bottleneck oh. in my business, so you're really helpful. Get it? <laughs> Uh, Good one. one. Thanks. (laughs) We worked hard on it. (laughs) But seriously. (laughs) So, you know, there are so many times as business owners that we're going to feel like we're the bottleneck in our business. And it happens in a lot of different places and stages, right? Because we kind of get in our own way. Um, Even if you're a startup business, you might be the bottleneck in a way of knowing you need to do something, but you just don't take action on it, but you need to get it done in order for something to happen. Right.
1: I think it's different though. I feel like this, what we're talking about is so much more significant because it's like a a capacity thing. That's what I was saying. That's what we're going to get to. Like a focus thing, you know, like usually you come, you might be in startup and you're like, Oh, what do I do? I don't want to do it. I don't have the motivation. I don't know if it's going to work out. Then it's more like, I don't know, mindset capacity. Uh, bottleneck.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean there's lots of bottlenecks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the one that we're talking about today is what happens when you like Mina said, you start to hit capacity. So capacity means maybe you're a maker and you're making your products and the demand is greater than your ability to keep up. Um it could also be, you know, the shipping is greater than your ability to keep up. Or if let's say you're a manufacturer right? And you're getting things made by somewhere else. But again, like fulfilling all of the orders, you start to really become the bottleneck. You feel like I can't, you know, I can't do my bookkeeping and get these orders out and do the marketing that I'm supposed to do and get the making or the packaging or the labeling done, right? Everything starts to feel super overwhelming. And you're like, "Oof, I'm the bottleneck, right? This is why things aren't going smoothly.
1: Yeah. You're hitting capacity. Um, I think it's really significant during this time because you are a solopreneur. You usually start and you're doing all of the things. You're doing everything under the sun that you can do. You're making, you're shipping, you are marketing, you are, you know, the one that does all the operations, um, making all the decisions. And then you start to realize that you need help and we all need help at some point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, and it's because like Jacqueline said, sometimes it is, um, most times it is, Physical capacity, like you just don't have the time in the day to do all the things. So you have to multiply what you're doing. And that one is easier to understand because it's more tangible. You can see the goods, you can see the demand, you can see the products that you need to ship out, that sort of thing. There's also mental and emotional capacity. I think at this time, you actually need help Uh, expanding out your even mental capacity. So at that time, it's like you're the solopreneur. You've done things a certain way. And now you need to think of other ways to do things. And you need other people to help you do it. And that at that point is when you're like, oh, I've really hit capacity at all spectrums of my business ownership. What do I do? You know, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, help. I'm drowning. We all feel that way in some way, shape or form. Um, and I'm the bottle
0: bottleneck of my business, what do I do? Right. And so you've heard us talk about the Product glasses million-dollar track, which is the proven path to a million-dollar product-based business and beyond, right? And we've seen businesses that can get to a million dollars in revenue in three years if that's what they want to do. Now, on this track, though all of you are at different stages. So we have our development stage, right? Which is when you're kind of a startup, your total revenue is probably $0 a month or negative because you're building things out and you're in that ideation stage. After that, we have that startup stage. So that's when you're in test and try. Test and try is when you're testing things out, you're testing out the market, the customers, or marketing your sales, and you're also figuring out what your best sellers are. Um, and that's the startup stage, which is when you're in test and try. What we're gonna get into in this episode is that growth stage. Now, what we're gonna teach you in here are the tips are applicable across the board, right? Whether you are all, you know, a half a million dollar business, a million dollar business, a startup, you're in test and try. But growth stage, this is where you're making, you know, I would say four or five thousand dollars a month up to twenty thousand dollars a month. Um, and you need to start getting into refinement as your company is growing, right? Your company's starting to feel like it's taking off. It's got momentum, But help, what do I do? because you're becoming the bottleneck?
1: Yeah, a lot of times people they say it loosely, right? I'm in growth stage or whatever. And we've talked about the the stage after this is called what we call the accelerate stage, where you focus on scaling. A lot of times, business owners will straight up skip over growth stage and move right into scaling. Right. And so when you're in a growth stage, what we want you to do is refine. You need to kind of slow down a little bit to align with how you're going to scale. But instead, what happens is that you, you know, jump right into accelerate and um the scaling part of it because you're scaling because the demand is coming and the wheels start to fall off. And then next thing you know, you're thinking, well, I should have refined this thing a little bit.
0: (laughs) You're thinking, I don't know that I can keep up, and maybe I should just shut this down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You need to circle back to refinement, uh, which is the growth stage. You know, this is the million-dollar track that Jacqueline and I had come up with. So these, you know, um, identifiers are ones that we've figured out from working with thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that this one is definitely people say loosely they're in, in the, they're in growth stage, but they don't realize what they're supposed to do is refine.
0: Yeah. And part of the reason why is a lot of times we love the sales coming in, right? So we love the growth. We love the scaling because it, it's all of our hard work is mm-hmm. starting to pay off. And you're
1: used to doing things a certain way
0: too. Yeah. But what happens when we're saying, you know, a skip that growth stage or that refinement stage is really a lot of it comes down to stabilization. So we teach this within our programs. We teach this in our mastermind and we're teaching this in our new program that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, But it's that idea of you stabilize and then you scale. You stabilize and you scale. Imagine it like a stair stepper, right? You need to stabilize your business so that you can scale from there. And then when you've scaled and you start to hit capacity again, you have to stabilize again and then you scale. Because what will happen if your business continues to grow, but you don't have the infrastructure, right? Things will, systems will start to fail. There will be products shipped out, wrong. The boxes are wrong. You're going to get overwhelmed. We need to protect you as the business owner from that overwhelm so that you can enjoy the business you're building and that it can, it can function like a well-oiled machine. And so that's really what we want you to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because in this case, right, usually this was something that I heard we were at our mastermind or peer mastermind that we paid for which is uh, Rachel's, Ro- Rachel Rogers' mastermind. And one of their KPIs, they have a whole different business model, so keep that in mind, was retention. But I want you to think about what retention means. It means loyalty, getting your customers to buy again, that sort of thing. The, but the thing with retention and loyalty and everything is that it's a lagging indicator. This is what they were saying, and it's so true. La- a lagging indicator means that you can look back on it and survey them. 30, 60, 365, you know, t- from the time that they onboard, and then you implement the changes. That's what's a lagging indicator and in how to use it. Now, the 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 thing with refinement is that it is the reverse of that, in my opinion. You actually nip it in the butt or the bud, whatever <laughs> you never know you which say one it is. It. <laughs> um before it even happens, you refine. So you don't have to rely on that lagging indicator, the things breaking, like what Jacqueline said. You know, Mm -hmm. so instead of waiting for things to break, you're literally aligning to make sure you're on the right track and refining the things that need to happen um, more in micro shifts than you are in the big scope of lagging indicator that big businesses have to do.
0: Yeah. Because like Mina said, the growth stage is often skipped when you experience this massive growth, right? And as your business continues to level up and become more profitable, you must always circle back to this focus and this refinement. So here's some of the things in growth stage that business owners are, are, starting to see or feel the business is starting to turn a profit, but the business owners paid very little, Right. The business mm-hmm. owner becomes a bottleneck and starts to hit capacity. This is when the business owner needs to start to outsource and hire and automate certain things. And the business owner often has a loose hold of their numbers, right? We may say, What's your best selling month or what's your best selling um, product? And you're starting to kind of figure things out, but you're not really using your numbers as data that can drive your business forward and also find a simpler way of driving it forward.
1: Yeah. So why is this the case? Why is it the case where um, they have a loose hold of their numbers? They are um, hitting capacity that they need to start hiring, outsourcing, and delegating. It's because a lot of times it's they have to up-level their mindset too. Mm-hmm. So some limiting beliefs during this time is, I've always done it this way. Or it needs to be with my two hands. Or um, I'm just not good at business. And i'm I don't understand my numbers. So there's you know, you're scared of numbers or even looking at it to make sure the profit is there and how you can scale that particular, you know, profit margin, especially with certain products. Like we said, you start to learn that twenty percent of your products make up eighty percent of your revenue. So at this point, this is, you know, a lot of mental hurdles that you overcome in order to, like what Jacqueline said, hire, outsource, delegate, and remove yourself as the
0: bottleneck of your business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you know, and this is why we have come up with this new program that is going to be. How did you explain the program? What's the the words that you used for it?
1: I think it's it's an accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a it's a structured action based curriculum. But it's meant for action takers in order to accelerate. So there is structure to it, for sure. And it's a program where if you're going through it, it will get you through the growth stage of refinement and stabilizing and scaling. And you are the one that gets to be at the driver's seat. Like, that's the fun part, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when... You know, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm guessing it's last week, I'm pretty sure it is, uh, where we talked about the four phases that you go through and we kind of get more micro within this growth stage. We went even further in, right? So we really, um, you know, within the growth stage, we went through the four phases that we would go through in this new accelerator program. And we're so excited about it because we know that it will help you get into alignment of what you need to have with refining in order to go to the scaling stage, the accelerate stage, you know, and that is what, like I said, the accelerate stage is two hundred and fifty and above. But again, this all depends on revenue a year. Yeah. $250,000 revenue a year. But we even say that, you know, that's, a general number because of it being it d- really depends on the cost of your goods or not cost of your goods the co- the price of your product so if you're selling $2 cookies you know
0: or the, you're se- the you s- you might have a lower revenue but you've yeah. sold thousands and thousands, of, thousands of
1: cookies that's right it's a yeah. sliding scale yeah. you know
0: so um like me and you with your labels they're right. you know 10 10ish dollars each but to get to millions of dollars, think about how many labels you had to sell versus someone selling more expensive pottery or jewelry or something like that.
1: Right, right. So I think that that's really what the benefit of the Accelerator, this new Accelerator program, is that we are really helping business owners take that initial leap from breaking past the barrier of 100,000, and if you're already at 100,000, breaking past the barrier of 250.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Getting know, a quarter million.
1: Yeah, quarter million. So I, and I use those numbers a little bit loosely depending on how much your products are.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's a thing, right? And so again, talking about this, the, and the program, right? The accelerator is that it is going to be like a mix of group coaching and curriculum, and it's just going to be an incredible way to work with us and our team over five months. And in this, while we're talking about refinement, I feel like refinement is, isn't always as sexy, right? People are like, mm-hmm. okay, but had, at least for me, I guess my brain is like, well, how do I make more sales? Like refining feels like slowing down. Well, but what if
1: I rephrased it to you? Uh, rephrase is that the right word? Yeah, rephrased it to you in a way. <laughs> I think that at this stage, especially if you want to get to 100,000 or to 250, you need to not just refine, but you need to find a repeatable year. Right. So it just feels a little bit sexier when I say could you imagine what you could do with a repeatable year, a refined repeatable year. And so that's kind of where the four phases came from. Was taking what works, honing in on it and and and
0: almost like taking, doubling down.
1: Yeah, doubling down, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um and doubling down, parlaying it, you know, all the gambling terms that we can say. <laughs>
0: Let's move to In an then. educated, educated way, So not right? so much like slot machine where you're just putting no, in a no. coin, you're it's pulling the lever, risk, right? and you're like, okay, well, you know, at some point this is going to pay out, right? Which might yeah. be the way, okay, let's go with gambling here. This uh-huh. might be the way we got to where we are, right? We're like, oh, we're for sure, the, we're like testing crossing and our trying. fingers.
1: That's <laughs> a slot machine of testing and trying.
0: That's like having playing three slots at the same time, right? <laughs> where it's like, okay, one of these is going to pay out. Um, so that's sort of probably a lot of the ways that we we came, do you all like how our brains work? This is like, we're like, let's, come, <laughs> let's use this analogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so it's like the slot machine. We're just testing, you know, we're putting money in. We're like, oh, if I pull the lever and push the button this time, then maybe that'll work. Or like if I, this is how I play slots. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push the bot- button to spin. I'm just going to push the button to spin. And then like the fourth one, I'll like pull the lever. We're just hoping something pays out and we're doing it with our own sort of calculation. I'm going to do this one with my left hand. <laughs> I'm going to order two drinks because that's my good luck drink. I don't know. So that's a lot of business in the beginning. And then at this stage is like when you're going to go to the blackjack table. I actually never play blackjack. Do you play blackjack when you go? If I were to play, I'd play blackjack or roulette. Uh-huh. Roulette, I always feel like it doesn't make any sense because it's guessing and hoping. And then... <laughs>
1: All the roulette players right now are probably cringing. <laughs> this is an on the fly analogy, like every other podcast and episode we've done. I haven't we've been done. to Vegas in so long. <laughs> okay, I like it. So, you know, when you are, you come to a table, you kind of assess, is this a good table? Is it not? I'm right? going to try three hands and then you get dealt your hands. So sure. it's like if it's two aces, you split it. If it's, I don't know, under 16, you don't hit. Who knows? <laughs> There's general <laughs> rules, right?
0: We should just go back to slot machines. It's so simple.
1: <laughs> so simple. <laughs> There's general rules of, okay, here's, you know that. It's like that the expected
0: when, rules, right?
1: Because they're going to look at
0: someone, for example, the splitting of the two cards. Like you you get dealt two cards and you can split them and play both those hands, I believe, is that yeah. someone new to the table or they're just playing, they're, you know, they're 18 and they've just gone to Vegas for the first time. They might be playing in more seasoned players will look over and be like, "Mm, not the right move. Terrible. This is what you're supposed to do.
1: It's more baseline stuff. So like if you're starting out in business, you know that you need to test and try a lot of things. So you might be testing things on social media. That's, you know, a general rule of business. Social media, you get onto social media. General rule of business is you um, have photos of your products, right? Or um, general rule of business is that you have somewhere where you can exchange money or, oh, I know, I know, I got one. Um, You name your business. That's a general rule,
0: you know? Or, um, and photos is a general rule. You do take pictures of your products, especially if you're selling online. Yeah. But then like, let's talk about pricing, for example, and a lot of our multi-street machine students realize when they jump into that course that they're not pricing correctly. So yeah, that's yeah. something where like you sit down at the table and you see someone else and they're like, no, no, you split the two cards. And, and that's sort of with product bosses, we're like, oh, this is how you price, right? So that you don't feel like you're losing money every time you make something and ship it. That's right. Now at this level, at the growth level, there's more strategy to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting down at a table, are we getting there? Is this is, the yeah, yeah. Starting to this flow? is it? I'm liking it. I'm <laughs> Cross liking our fingers it. Okay. together. <laughs>
1: We don't know where this train is going. No idea.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so when, you, when you've when you been playing for a while, which our growth stage people have been playing for a while, they started off not knowing the general rules, right? They figured uh-huh. out the general rules. Maybe people gave them tips. Maybe some play, like helpful players like, oh, do this, right? They've mm-hmm. practiced. And now you're able to sit at a table with confidence and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I've got confidence. I've got yeah. confidence sitting here. I know how to play my cards. I've got strategic moves, right? Mm-hmm. You know when now to put more money. This. Oh, imagine this. Imagine this.
1: If you were a, a blackjack player, you're doing pretty darn good. You've made, you know, a bank of $100,000 or Ooh, let's say, you know, good a player. bank of 100000 Yeah, good player, right? Yeah. Somehow you've gotten there all by yourself by applying the general rules of test and try. And then... Jacqueline sits down. Now, this is a professional. Oh, yeah. She you might pro- have seen me
0: on TV as a professional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and imagine she's there to help you. Hi, roller. With a book that she put together, a curriculum of these are the strategies that I know will help you by refining the, what you're currently doing. Imagine that.
0: Imagine I say to you, listen, I'm going to tell you a few tips and we're going to get you from 100000 to $250,000. Uh-huh. What Sounds would you say? good
1: now. I would say, for sure, sign <laughs> me up, right? And then what if, you know, there was other players me that were- Meena sit down on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit down on the other side and I'm your hype girl, right? I'm saying, you can do this. We know that it's hard putting down the test and try money, but- here's what you do. Listen to Jacqueline and I encourage you. And I lift those mindset things for you. Right. I'm like, okay, let's get you to the wealth version of this pot of money that you've done. Let's get you to the, you know, you now you're paying Jacqueline to sit next to you or me or whatever. Let's get to the profit or the product. You know, you, you have to give the house a vig. Is that what it's called? (laughs) You had to tip the waitresses. You hire a masseuse to massage your body at the same time. You know, so there's all what these expenses. What casinos have you gone to? <laughs> yeah, that's what they do at the poker tables. They give you massages. Yeah, you can pay for a massage,
0: a masseuse to come. Okay, see, this is a great <laughs> analogy for us. for learning as we go.
1: Yeah, so there's all these expenses of you sitting down at the table, being an entrepreneur, but you can up-level the strategy that you're doing and you can also have other people that are more experienced because there's the skill set, there's the experience, there's the gut intuition, the having worked with other players in the field, that sort of thing, and then you start to make the real money. So that's kind of where we're bringing it full circle here. (laughs) That that is how you have better educated guesses and minimize risk when you have somebody who understands that you need to refine what you're doing with really good strategy and also encourage you along the way because you are human. A human player has human elements. And then also um, that you are able to repeat what you're doing that you know works, even with certain things. The world is what it is. There's the game of chance thrown in there. But what if you positioned yourself
0: in a better way that could make you more profitable? Yes, so good. Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayeerofcontent.com. I think I see it, right? I see us. I see Uh you sitting there my friends and Mina and I on either side, like hyping and encouraging and giving strategy and all the things. So Going back to this episode, right? The whole thing here is, you know, how, what happens when you become the, the bottleneck. So, while in the program, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of different elements in there, and this is higher level, right? This is stuff. This is not crossover with multi stream machine. This is taking a it, another approach to really digging into your business, and it still is. It's an accelerator. It's a growth accelerator. We still want to accelerate you forward, where you will have. More traffic and more sales, but it'll feel easier, right? Like you won't feel like you're doing it on your own. So I mean, some of the ways that they can get when they're, when you're in this phase as a mm-hmm. bottleneck, the biggest issue is it's kind of like chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. They're not willing to hire Because it feels scary to get help because maybe you're not making the revenue yet that you want to be making that you feel you can afford to hire someone. Maybe you're not paying yourself yet that you know that you can afford to hire people. Maybe you have hired one person, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things is, is you cannot grow. You cannot get to that next level without something breaking, without starting to take things off of your plate as the business owner and having help in other ways, whether it's hiring part-time help, you know, outsourcing. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, I mentioned that we went to Rachel Rogers' um, Mastermind. We're in it, um, in her um, Mastermind. And one of the aha moments that I had was this reinforcement of that, if you do not hire, you are stunting your own growth. If you do not hire, you're stunting your growth. Now, does that mean that you won't grow? No, it just means you're stunting your growth, right? So with hiring... Um, one of the things that I really took away from there is that when you start to hire, it shows the maturity of the business and the business owner. So you may not be really good at hiring first. None of us are, but you get better at it, you know, and you start to hire more. So this is the beginning part of that stunted growth. The beginning part of you're the bottleneck of your business and you don't want to hire because you want to keep the money um, and, and totally understandable, you know? However, you need to buy back your time. So this is the start of that. And this is the start of you being a really mature business owner. A really mature business owner reinvests their money into the people. And they are like, okay, how can I not only hire, but how can I automate and delegate? Okay, do delete. No, what what, what am I going for here? Do, do
0: delete delegate.
1: Do delegate, delete, outsource, autom- or
0: automate. automate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So those things are kind of what should go through your head. So you can automate as much as you can, or you can outsource to a, like a, you know, third party person. Let's say you have somebody who fulfills for you, or you can hire somebody in house that is on your team that is seasonal or part-time, like Jacqueline said, or contract, whatever it looks like Um, for, let's say the, the hires that we typically see first are production or fulfillment. So production, because you're doubling yourself, what you need to make. That's where a lot of bottlenecks happen is you needing to make the things and, or it's fulfillment because you need to ship to the people.
0: Yeah. And so that's the thing, right? Because I think when, and here's getting out of your own way, when you are the bottleneck, you are stunting your own growth, right? And it Mm -hmm. feels harder It feels so much harder because you can't, you can't even see through it or past it. You're just like, I'm drowning in this. I don't know what to do. I, I, I feel stuck. Right. And that feeling of stuckness is the thing that's going to not create ease in your life. It's not going to create flow or growth. It's going to feel very hard. And so we want you to get out of your own way. So just to repeat it again, right. You want to do, what are you going to do, right. That's at this point in your business, not even, I don't even want to say that only you can do because so many of you out there have this mindset that only you can do something. It is 100% not true. Oh, okay? such a lie. Yeah. So it's a lie in your brain. Yeah. You know, because there are people everywhere doing there, are, you know, Coco Chanel is no longer alive and Chanel continues to be one of the biggest fashion brands in the world. I know I was going to say Even with Coco Chanel you know, that's too hard to imagine. I think it's so I'm far saying, away because like, she's when manufactured. You think of, but I'm just saying, no, but I'm saying the designs, because a lot of times mm-hmm. creatives believe that no one can replace their creativity. Yeah.
1: And it's I not true. I think it's easier to think of like, if you're a potter, you can hire more potters. If you're an artist, you can hire more artists. If you are, and, and it doesn't have to be an artist per se, it could be the first part of the artistry, you know, like the the base level artistry, or it could be the finisher. You know, um, you know, if you are a candle maker, you hire a, hire a labeler, you know? So there's definitely pieces of that, that don't, that can alleviate some of that bottleneck pressure, um, that you have at the beginning when you start to do your first hires. Like what is the piece of the process that is repeatable that you can streamline that you think, okay, if I could even alleviate that little bit of pressure, that imagine what I could do with that 10 hours a week that I was dedicating to this, that I just bought back, you know, my time. Right.
0: And I say this because as a fashion designer, you know, and starting my own fashion brand, it was sort of like I did it all right. So I designed it. I came up with the measurements. I picked the fabrics. I then took it to the contractor that made it. I did the finishing. I shipped it. I did all the things. So I'm coming at it from a creative because a lot of times I think creatives believe that they can't be replaced as a creative. But when I brought up Coco Chanel, it's because as a fashion designer, I went and designed for big businesses within their realm. As a graphic designer, you're able to design within yeah. people's realms. So the idea is, is, like even those of you that are getting in your own way from the way of creative and that you feel like that's only you, long-term as you grow your business, it may not be you. right? But it, I, I disagree, though. I think it is them. They don't replace
1: themselves it's the, they replace their hands, but you as a graphic or graphic design, you as a designer, for example, um, and Coco Chanel, the ideas were birthed in their brains, the designs, you know? So for you, the design will always be yours, you know? Yeah. So, no,
0: though, because as a fashion designer, I've, you know, you go and you work underneath brands. So the brand is established. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the, the, the creative, there's always someone above it, but it doesn't even mean that the person who used to do it is is approving every single thing because there's tears. I guess I just want to say that in the way of like creatives do, we want you to do what you want to do. You yeah. may not be there yet to take a bunch of things off your plate, but what can you do and what can someone else do? Because yeah. the delegation part but as creatives,
1: right? Cause they, they're creatives. They came up with this idea, but they will eventually be the finishing touch. They are the ones that created and produced it. So, so when you're the boss of your business, you, a lot of times, you know, let's say you are a designer. Um, you stay part of the design, the research and development, but the thing is you are the person that has the vision. That's, The thing. So you don't actually replace you as the visionary. Mm -mm. You or, you know, because the design, even if somebody else comes up with a design, it has to fit into the vision. You know, so even the prototype or the, you know, the candle scent or the, you know, the pot, the the potted bowl or whatever, even if it's somebody else's hands, you can replace the hands, but the vision is always yours. So I think that as you're creative, you have to understand that you are literally t- outsourcing production and fruition of that vision. But that vision is something that you initially came up with and are carrying through, you know? So even Coco Chanel, that was her vision, you know? That's
0: why right. it's her namesake, you know? Right. right. Um, but, and it's that eventually gets established as the brand. I'm just saying yeah. that people don't have to... There are ways that we can take it all the way and say, I have to do it all. And you don't. Mm -hmm. But then the other side is the delegation. So at this stage, it starts to be, how can you delegate something out? So um, we had this conversation with one of our um, masterminders, actually, that it is a candle company. So we are going to bring up a candle (laughs) company.
1: (laughs) I was trying not to say it this time. And I kept bringing it up because it's just like, ah.
0: (laughs) And they hired for um, someone to put labels on. Yeah. Uh, out of 200 and no, out of 120 candles, 80 of these candles were labeled crooked, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, like this is not going to work. So she delegated, which is a big deal. Now, I want to tell you this that this person didn't work out for the point in of that ta- position, <laughs> in that position, for the point of telling you that when you delegate, it may not be perfect and that is yeah. okay because as business owners, we may, we've made how many mistakes do we make? I mean, coming up with an analogy analogy on the fly a lot. So
1: <laughs> you know, obviously she had a percent of the number that was like too many, and then that person was not made to be labeling. Let's just say that. But I want to
0: let everyone know that people will mess up. There might yeah. be an eighty out of one hundred twenty products you cannot use now. We coach through, and this is even in the program, we're gonna in our um in the accelerator program, we're going to talk about, you know, how to do delegate and delete, right? How to have these, um, how to how ha- how to hire. Who do you need to hire? Potentially like mm-hmm. the conversations can happen about skill assessment of the people you're hiring and how can you do interviews and things like that. So that's a big deal right so she hired somebody and didn't under, didn't know what to have this person go through and now with the support is able to think okay i need to look for this kind of thing i need to have a job description that looks like this i need to test this person before i hire them on and then you know someone else is like here's a label put her on her that's a that's mm-hmm. a you know thing yeah. to use as well or they invested in a machine that could do right. it, right? That was the so label putter on her. Honor. Yeah. <laughs> it was the machine. So,
1: yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about in person. No. Because that's a different way that somebody does it, right? They automate it. Which is so, automating, yeah. Yeah. So, it might be a machine. It might be software. It might be, you know, um, in, I don't know, some sort of automation. It might be a subscription-based thing that you get toilet paper to your office um instead of, you know, ordering from Amazon every time, you know, that sort of thing. That's an automation that happens, um, within your process.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think mm. a lot of times we get in our own way too, because we're afraid going back to only someone can do it. My only the way I do it is right. When you do delegate, allow for them there to be mistakes and learning mistakes. And we try and minimize that. And as we train and we, we onboard people, things will get easier. Mm-hmm. right? You either you hire and if they don't work out, you don't have them anymore, but you need to delegate and you need to be okay with the risk that comes with delegating because yeah, things happen and you'll learn from it. Um, and if
1: it ends up being 80 out of 120, that is a lot. So it's not like you delegate and you're okay with 80. It's that maybe there could have been a better training then, right, right? Onboarding system, right? Maybe there could have been a better training. Maybe that person is not made for that skill set. It's not in their wheelhouse. Maybe you need a machine instead. Maybe, um, you know, that person needs um, to restructure their workstation, you know, instead of pulling from the left, they pull from the right. I don't know. There's lots of different things that, you know, suggestion,
0: A suggestion uh, inside was one of the other masterminders was like, in the job description, put, if Crooked photo. If crooked paintings on a wall bother you, apply for this position, right? Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't bother you, then you sticking a label, sticking yeah labels on wrong, right? So with that, then it's that idea too for all of you. And then, um, so that's the do. There's the delegate. There's the delete. So delete's a big thing too, is the bottleneck. So we have another student that we have worked with that she pack. She has. Blankets manufactured and they come wrapped beautifully from overseas, right? Being manufactured. Mm -hmm. So then, so they come and they're beautiful. And that work has, that work has been done for her, right? The work has been done for her to be able to get these products sent over from overseas. But here's where she needs to delete. She realized that, when, one, she was fulfilling a lot and was needing to go and ship and take, that took a lot of time, but she was packaging them extra. She was wrapping them extra with paper mm-hmm. tissue. She was putting twine around it. She was putting another label on. And we were like, they already look lovely the way they're coming from yeah. overseas. And yeah. so the idea and, there was- and, like, and
1: for this particular thing, it's not like it even mattered to her customer, really. It wasn't a giftable.
0: It wasn't a giftable. So we're like, can you delete that part of your business, right? Can you delete it? And then when you delete that work, it'll open up time and space. So, you know, she had to take some time to think about it because she had been doing something a certain way for so long, but mm-hmm. realized that she was bottlenecking herself and not able to focus on other things like marketing and sales and all the other drivers because she was a bottleneck. So that was something that she deleted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this is a really big conversation, right? Um, I think that the whole takeaway from here. Is that when you are drowning and you're the bottleneck of your business, what do you do? Well, you have to start taking steps to remove yourself as the bottleneck. I know that sounds obvious, but it happens with um, delegating through other people or outsourcing through other people or um, eliminating some tasks, like Jacqueline said, deleting Um,
0: and And automating.
1: automating. That's right. I was like, oh, there's one more somewhere.
0: (laughs) Because like automating could be emails, right? Do you have a certain system built into your emails that you don't have to worry about sending an email all the time from a welcome sequence, but there's something that's really built in. mm -hmm. So what can we automate in your business as well? Yeah, And that's this is
1: all just a a bit of the surface level of what we're going to be teaching all of you that sign up in the Accelerator right? We're teaching you refinement and repeatability, essentially a repeatable year. So how can you apply this portion of it? Because this is you as a bottleneck. But then what the other things we go over the, though is like, how do you increase your sales? How do you, you know, like Jacqueline said, stabilize and then scale, stabilize and then scale. Because that really is how we put our money where our mouth is. And we set these, you know, improvements to um, make you more money. And
0: then... Yeah. Because yeah. you know I like that. I, I yeah. want to make you all so much money by helping yeah. you out. By sitting on the side of you at the table, at the blackjack table, right? And we're like, use our tips. And uh-huh. we're encouraging you to blow your own minds, you yeah. know, and ha- and make the money and, you want to make. get this masseuse while you're at it. And get them, yeah. <laughs> we may not be including a masseuse in the program, but we'll be mas- massaging your mindset. <laughs> Is that good? Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, my friends, if you want to get on the waitlist, head to slash fast track. We are going to put that in the show notes. There are super limited spots for this first round of this program. Um, and so we will be taking, there is a limit to the people that we'll be taking. So when you hear this, sign up, go get onto the waitlist because the waitlist and our multi stream machine students are going to have early access to sign up and take those spots. And if you all fill it up, our waitlist friends, and our multi-stream machine students, then it may not even be released to the general yeah. public and our email And everybody
1: list. just has to wade through this episode and get the most that they can.
0: <laughs> Good luck. Good luck to you all. <laughs> we probably won't use the gambling analogy, or maybe we will in the course. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. We're no, not. You're like, no, we don't know enough <laughs> about this. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.